Welcome to Full Disclosure here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Each week we shine a light on state government with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. And for our first edition of 2021, we are about to see something uh, we haven't witnessed for uh, months and months now. Illinois lawmakers coming together in Springfield, maybe to actually vote on some stuff, David. Yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it? After just going quiet for more than half a year, uh, one of the few, very few states that did not find a way to uh, have some sort of special session uh, re in, in response to the pandemic, uh, That's there's a lot of politics behind that. The key one being that House Speaker Mike Madigan seems wary of bringing the legislature together at the time when he is uh, targeted by a federal corruption investigation. We're going to see a lot of action as regards the legislative Black Caucus agenda. Uh, but it's unclear whether we're going to see much else uh, before the, the new legislature, the new General Assembly, uh, convenes uh, on January 13th. Yeah, you know, we uh, we have this coming up one week from today, uh, and that's when things get really interesting. We'll talk a lot more about this next week, obviously, but that's when they have to start out with a vote for speaker. Nothing else can happen until they get that settled, and it's extremely unsettled right now. So that's the backdrop for this five-day lame duck session that gets underway Friday. The House is going to once again be at the BOS Center. Uh, and David, as you noted, one thing that we know for sure they are likely to take up is is this sprawling legislative black caucus uh, package of criminal justice and policing reforms. Uh, this is not going to be easy, though. Uh, law enforcement organizations have some concerns about this. They uh, have real concerns about the idea of, quote, licensing cops, uh, some of the other things in here as well. Uh, it is, again, it's a, it's a big uh, sweeping package uh, and uh, not a lot of time to try to pull that all together in a five-day lame duck session. Yes, uh, Springfield is famous for what we call Christmas tree bills. Those are the bills where uh, things are added, ornaments are added toward the end, and, and, and you know, usually a one or two day sprint toward co covering, uh, toward voting and putting enacting things into law. In this case, all the ornaments are on the bill as it's introduced. Uh, you know, the the HB one sixty three that uh, has been the the main criminal justice reform bill is six hundred pages long. It has things like. Uh, elimination of cash bail, uh, giving local governments the right to have contracts that don't include disciplinary uh, procedures, expansion of body cams, giving the Illinois Attorney General the right to uh, take action against local governance to eliminate patterns and practice. There's all kinds of, this is sort of a reformer's wish list. And it will be very interesting to see what survives, because you're right, Jim, there will be pushback from local governments and from uh, those you know people who favor uh, police unions and uh, and the authority of police. But in this day and age, uh, there's a lot of strength behind the Black Caucus and other reformers uh, because of the deplorable conduct that we've seen. Uh, you know, most notably the the George Floyd uh, murder um, in Minneapolis last spring. 
Uh, and there's a lot of momentum behind the idea that it's time to reform police conduct in Illinois. That would be uh, plenty to have on their plate. There are a lot of folks who want the legislature to get more actively involved in the pandemic response rather than leaving up to Governor J.B. Pritzker to do this all through executive orders and things. Uh, David, I don't know what you're hearing with your ear to the ground. It doesn't seem like there's any more appetite among the Democratic majority to tackle that in January than there was back last May. No, uh, and, and you know, we still are in a situation during the uh, lame duck session here where very little can happen without the blessing of the House Speaker. Mike Madigan remains House Speaker. He may yet remain it after they meet next week. And, and you're right, we should talk about that in more detail then. Uh, but uh, it, what, what, what appears to be the case is that he has won the blessing of the Black Caucus in part by promising that he will uh, back their uh, reform efforts. Uh, but he has promised, as far as we can tell, nothing else to essentially nobody else. And so some of these other ideas that are being floated are quite interesting, uh, but their, their, uh, their chance for passage uh, during the next few days is probably rather limited. Uh, promises to the Legislative Black Caucus has also sparked uh, another uh, issue that Republicans contend will be brought up and attempted to be rammed through during this five-day lame duck session. And David, as you pointed out, uh, you, you can't count out anything happening in the legislature, particularly when they're under a, a pressing deadline. Things seem to magically materialize out of thin air in that situation. In this case, Republicans are claiming that the Democratic majority is going to try to push through an income tax increase in this five-day session, while Democrats say, nope, we're, we're not going to do that at all. Uh, any, any guesses as to how that plays out? Well, I think the Republicans have some basis for that claim. Uh, we uh, we it, reportedly, Madigan, in his meeting with the Black Caucus, has said he would support a tax increase, and certainly there is a need to fill a, a budget gap of uh, more than, uh, you know, of around $4 billion, some of which has been addressed already by uh, budget cuts that the, the, the governor has proposed, et cetera. Uh, so it would not be a shock if there were a move to pass a tax increase. And if that was part of a quid pro quo that Madigan has made with the Black Caucus, then it wouldn't be surprising at all. But there's not a lot of appetite right now for doing this. Uh, that said, uh, th as we've talked about, if a tax increase passes, it will pass in exactly the fashion that most of the uh, um, kind of not very popular legislation is passed in Springfield, quickly, almost in the dark of the night, uh, although it often happens in broad daylight. It just happens so fast that there aren't adequate hearings and public, uh, public discussion beforehand. So uh, nothing is impossible in these days. Uh, but but the, the the Democrats uh, really are reluctant to be uh, held responsible for the tax increase. They're trying to put as much onus on the Republicans as they possibly can. We've heard it again and again from Governor Pritzker since the progressive tax uh, proposal failed. Hey, Republicans, where are your ideas? What are your fixes? How are you going to address this budget hole? He's trying to shift the political weight of this onto the Republican Party, not very successfully. And the Republicans, by intimating that the Democrats have a secret plan to raise taxes, are trying to push that right back onto the Democratic 
side of the aisle. Now, it should be noted that Speaker Madigan told the Legislative Black Caucus he would champion an income tax increase if the governor asked for one, which the governor has not uh, publicly done, at least anyway. Uh, and that, But neither has the governor really indicated how he's going to close this budget gap without a tax increase. For that matter, as you noted, David, neither have Republicans. They also haven't put forward their ideas on how to address the budget gap if there's not going to be a tax increase. And that's going to be the looming question that may dominate everything else in the new legislative session because not much else can get done until we figure out how to address that budget crisis that we're in right now. Uh, With that, we're going to take a short break here. We've got more on the way to talk about this fall veto session, other things that may or may not happen, and the fact that we're seeing some uh, pretty big moves, turnover, shakeup in the General Assembly. We'll talk about all that and more when we continue here Full disclosure with David Greising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association. The start of a new year, it's a time when hopes are high. Anything seems possible. Even Republicans putting forward a bill to change the way we draw legislative maps. We're so young and naive this early in a year, David. But uh, realistically, what's uh, the odds that we're going to see uh, a change in this process on the brink of a new map making uh, era that will be starting once the uh, census results are in. Well, um, the Republicans, uh, God love them, uh, because they're taking up an issue that really is important, which is uh, the horribly gerrymandered uh, electoral maps in Illinois. And if you want to know how bad it is, just take a look at the BGA website. We actually commissioned production of fair maps last year. And looking at those side by side with Illinois' ridiculous, uh, politically motivated uh, uh, maps that are designed to secure the future uh, employment of incumbent lawmakers of both parties, uh, you can see the need for this. So it's great to see House Leader Jim Durkin uh, lead the charge for uh, map reform to do essentially what uh, what the legislature failed to do last spring in time to introduce a constitutional amendment to have an independent bipartisan commission draw up the maps. Uh, But none of that seems at all likely to happen right now, Um, uh, certainly not in this very brief lame duck session. And, uh, you know, even though Governor Pritzker has reiterated his pledge not to sign a gerrymandered map, the chances are very good that a gerrymandered map will plop down on his desk sometime before the June 30th deadline. And uh, we'll just the the real play here for people who believe in the importance of representative government in the state of Illinois is to hold the governor accountable because it's highly unlikely we're going to see any meaningful legislative reform. Uh, between now and the time those maps are drawn. Of course, you know, one man's gerrymandering is another man's creative boundary drawing. But, uh, uh, yeah, it is uh, the the interesting new wrinkle in this is that J.B. Pritzker did, in fact, repeatedly say on the campaign trail in 2018 he was a supporter of fair maps, said he would veto a gerrymandered map. But, uh, you know, definitions can be a little bit murky there. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, David, as we noted at the beginning of this, this all comes amid a backdrop of some real 
turmoil in the General Assembly, including the possibility of uh, a new speaker in the Illinois House for the, the first time in close to 40 years, say for that two-year period in the 90s when Mike Madigan was briefly in exile. But uh, it's a real possibility that uh, starting next Wednesday, when the process gets underway to elect a new speaker, we could have new leadership. Uh, the Legislative Women's Caucus would like to see one of their own in that job. The Legislative Black Caucus would like to see one of their own in that job. Meanwhile, over in the Senate, some big shakeups with uh, the former Senate uh, Republican leader, Bill Brady, first giving up his leadership spot and then giving up his seat. And now State Senator Andy Menar, uh, considered one of the, uh, the key players in the Democratic Caucus, also resigning to join the Pritzker administration. Right. We knew uh, the Bill Brady thing is hardly a surprise. Uh, he had already announced he was going to give up his leadership position. Now he's resigned uh, from the Senate altogether. And Dan McConchie of Hawthorne Woods is taking over as the minority leader in the Senate. The Andy Menar thing is quite interesting. Menar has been a, a quiet force in the General Assembly. He is he pushed through the education uh, reform bill that um, uh, is designed to provide fairer funding of education across the state. Uh, it appears that Governor Pritzker uh, is thinking ahead toward the uh, toward his potential reelection uh, in a couple of years and uh, wants to bring Menar on board uh, because of his connections across the state to get some downstate representation uh, in his uh, brain trust and uh, to be more uh, uh, kind of open minded to some of the issues that. You know, when you watch the politics of the state and some of the issues you and I have been discussing, uh, the downstate agenda is a lot different than that that Pritzker grew up in in the Chicago metropolitan area. And to have somebody like Menar who really understands that agenda and, and the people downstate better uh, is is not only good government, but probably longer term going to be good good politics for Governor J.B. Pritzker. And even though we're not yet a week into 2021, there's already a lot of active speculation about who's going to be running for statewide office in 2022. Heaven help us all. So we're going to have plenty to talk about in the weeks and months ahead. And David, as I said, next week it's going to be a, a, a must-listen-to uh, edition uh, as we will be on the brink of this process. And nobody really knows how this is going to play out uh, when they have to vote out in public for the next Speaker of the House, and can Mike Madigan somehow find a path to 60 votes? So it would be very interesting one week from today. We're out of time this morning. David, quickly tell us how to reach you in the BGA the rest of the time. I'm at DGreising at BetterGov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org. Our website is BetterGov.org. We'll talk to you next Wednesday here, full disclosure, on WMAY.